Welcome to Viewpoints listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosser. It gives me great pleasure to welcome for the first time to Viewpoints, Chris Forbes, who's the CEO of Kidney Health Australia. And uh, the inaugural Kidney Health Red Socks appeal is uh, occurring for the month of November. But firstly, welcome to Viewpoints, Chris Forbes. Thanks, Henry. Uh, very grateful to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Chris. Um, now, the inaugural Kidney Health Red Sox appeal, I, I guess the first question I ask is, why is it the inaugural? You've been around 50 years and you've done an enormous amount of good, more than 50 years, the organisation. What's triggered this year? Is there any special reason? Yeah, look, it is actually. So COVID-19 is the trigger. Um, so normally at this time of year, we would be having big red kidney walks around Australia where people who have been affected by kidney disease and their families would get out, raise funds for us and do a walk. Um, here in Victoria, they would walk around the tan. But of course, we've had to cancel all those this year because of COVID-19 and, and particularly the kidney community, which um, is, is more susceptible uh, to COVID-19. So we've pivoted uh, like many organisations. And now we have a, a more individual um, challenge event called the Red Sox Appeal, which I'm delighted to be here talking about. Mm, now, tell us a bit more about it, because it's, it does sound exciting and it, you couldn't come across a much worthier cause. Yeah, look, it all stems from the fact that there's more than 13,000 people who are undertaking dialysis um, right now, and that can be you know, overnight every day. It could be three days a week, five hours or more in a chair. And so people on dialysis get cold, they get cold feet. And so we're, we're leveraging the SOX idea um, to, to raise awareness and then saying, listen, get out and walk or run or ride 60Ks, which is equivalent to their time on dialysis over the month, and, uh, and help raise vital funds to support people with kidney disease. Now, now, why do we have so much kidney disease? And I know off-air we were talking about lifestyle, etc., but um, yeah. it's a vital organ. We, we, we should know about good lifestyle, um, but, but, but why do we have so much? Look, I think it's um, it's one of those things with the kidneys in particular. Um, so they're, they're one of the lesser known organs, um, very, very important in removing waste and toxins from our blood and keeping our um, blood pressure and our, our water balance um, underway. But you can actually lose 90% of your kidney function and have no visible symptoms. So people actually just are completely unaware of it and they fall off a cliff and they're seemingly well one day and unwell the next. And so we know right now there are one and a half million Australians who have early markers of kidney disease. Some will never progress and others will. And so part of the Red Sox appeal is raising awareness as well as funds, but raising awareness about this insidious silent killer called kidney disease. Mm. Now, we were talking off air as well. The fact that people are unaware of it, um, what are some of the, I mean, not to do your organisation out of, out of work, but um, how, can we, how can we prevent ourselves or reduce the risk of ourselves falling into that category of it's about 1.7 million Australians? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd be delighted to be out of work if we could get on top of it. So, um, that would be a great outcome. So look, the main risk factors, so that's that's what you need to do. Look at the risk factors and see, look, if I've got one of these, then maybe I should be having a discussion with my GP as part of my normal healthcare. So look, the main ones that um, lead to kidney disease are high blood pressure, 
and diabetes, and if you've had a heart issue in the past. So there, you know, half of um, half of chronic kidney disease comes from that blood pressure and diabetes. If you're overweight, if you're over 60, we all start to lose some, some kidney function. If there's family history, and unfortunately, if you're Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, you're much more susceptible. But if there was one message that came out of today, if you've got high blood pressure and high diabetes and high diabe have diabetes, then you should be getting a kidney health check. It's a good point you make. Um, it's interesting um, looking at some of the, the stats. Kidney-related disease kills more people than breast cancer, prostate cancer and road accidents. And yet, in terms of public profile, um, they would... Uh, they would they would be higher up, I'd say, the consciousness of people than others. It's not an indictment of the work you do, Chris, but I'm interested to know why that is so. Look, I think it's a great challenge. It's a very undiagnosed disease, for one. Um, people die, people often um, will have multiple um, comorbidities, so they may have diabetes and kidney disease. They may have um, they may have heart problem and kidney disease and so often maybe gets recorded as a, as a heart death um, unfortunately and, and that's that's part of life so what what we're trying to do now is say hey look this is a big issue 16 percent of hospital admissions are because of kidney disease because of the prevalence of dialysis it's incredible and it's costing us just at that kidney failure end a billion dollars a year because of the cost of dialysis so it's time that we brought this disease out into the sun and shone the light on it and really got people to take um, better care of their kidney health mm. now um you you speak about uh the impact of COVID-19 on, on us in general, uh, and it's, it's obviously impacted on how you go about um, promoting it through your appeals. Uh, what's been the impact of COVID-19, do you think, on people's health as it relates to protection of their kidneys? Yeah, look, um, we know that, um, uh, that you're more immunocompromised, so you're more susceptible to getting sick to, uh, to other diseases um, if, you, uh, if you have kidney failure and kidney disease, et cetera. So, look, the hospitals and renal units have done a brilliant job of keeping COVID-19 out of, of, of hospitals um, and out of renal units, but we as a business have really had to pivot. So normally we would be holding face-to-face um, -face support groups for people with kidney disease. We have holiday uh, dialysis buses on the road. We have transplant houses that people from remote and regional areas can come to for free and have their transplant. That was severely impacted. Um, in fact, our bus here in Victoria is actually at, in Moorabbin at the hospital providing a COVID-safe overflow for dialysis, which is brilliant. Um, our transplant house here is, is up and running again. We went digital, so we did a lot more training of GPs, et cetera, over digital. And so my team has worked incredibly hard to keep supporting people with kidney disease while they were less resident to go out of their homes. Mm. What's been the biggest challenge for you guys organisationally these past, oh, what, seven or eight months? Yeah, look, it has. It impacted us greatly. So in March, um, when, when COVID hit, you know, all our major um, community fundraising programs, such as our walks, we have, um, we're generously supported by a car rally every year. Um, it all went. And so we had, had no revenue coming in. We're very thankful that um, JobKeeper from the government um, was very supportive from us. Um, and so there was that financial hit. But also, more importantly, we're here to support people with kidney disease. So we had to turn from personal contact, face-to-face, -face, really being out there, to digital, on the phones, um, tele 
telehealth, telephones, those sorts of things to support the community. Um, we upgraded our website this year so that things and information are easy to find. So we've really worked hard to keep that level of support because when people first get diagnosed, they need an incredible amount of information and it's from Kidney Health Australia they generally get that. Mm. Now, your funds, obviously, you, your fundraising, clearly there's yep. never enough funds. Uh, what sort of support do you get uh, from from other, other uh, organisations? I guess government's one of them. Yeah, look, the government, um, so I've been in the role just over two years and I'm in, in grateful that um, Minister Hunt and Minister White from the federal government have supported us in, in a couple of grants. One is to... Um, one is to replace a lot of our digital tools, which will help us um, be a sustainable business ongoing. We're also um, undertaking some work in the Indigenous space, um, putting an Indigenous overlay onto our guidelines for uh, dealing with chronic kidney disease and making them translated in community so they have greater impact. So great support there. Australians are incredibly generous, um, Henry. They, they have continued to give to our appeals that we've been running. They, they continue to give to um, – we had a Kidney Kids Day where we raised funds to support kids with kidney disease. And then now we're here with the Red Sox appeal where people are signing up to be active and raise funds. But we're also – we've sold over – um, 800 pairs of red socks in the last two weeks for wow. people who who just want to support us. So, um, you know, e even through this time of bushfires, through COVID, um, Australians recognise that groups like us, not-for-profits, et cetera, have an important role to play and so they continue to support us. Mm, absolutely, Chris. We can take a short break. Can you hold the line? Sure. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. I'm in a discussion with Chris Forbes, the CEO of Kidney Health Australia. Uh, the, the Kidney Health Red Sox Appeal, the inaugural one, is happening for the month of November, and we're discussing that and other things with Chris. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. Very, very much enjoying the talk. Mm, we too, Chris. It's a, it's, it's an incredibly worthy cause. Now, research is a big part of it, and I. In preparation for this, I learned something, I learned several things, that your organisation works very hard in supporting research and uh, one of the things I learned you might like to elaborate, there's good news in that we now know kidneys can regenerate to some extent. Is, is, you might, is that true? Look, we, we seed fund, um, we have some incredibly generous donors um, who, seed, who supply us with um, some funds that we use to seed fund research um, and we do a grant round each year. Um, one of them was for um, Lisa Little, um, who, who is starting to look at um, development of uh, you know, growing a, an artificial kidney um, in a Petri dish. So look, it's, we're a long way away from that, but what, what we do know is that we, we really try to seek out um, uh, projects that can make a, a material impact on people's lives with kidney disease to get in front of this, um, and we're we're very grateful for the donors, and we hope that you know one day we'll be in a situation where we'll be much better than it is today. How does the research field look um, both nationally and internationally? I know Australia does punch above its weight in, in a lot of medical research. Um, the field from that angle uh, as a contribution to improving people's uh, uh, lives and via kidneys, Chris. What's it look like, the landscape? Look, yeah, look. There's there's projects like in the US. There's a there's a project, Kidney X, um, where the nephrologists come together with the research community with patients. I, I think what we want to do is we want to keep patients 
um, people with kidney disease right at the centre of the research spectrum and then look to fund research that will have an impact for them. And so I think there's an opportunity here in Australia to come together more. Um, it's something that um, I'm fairly passionate about, the research community, the clinical community and the patient community to get together, you know, even from next year and look to create an agenda where we really focus in on a couple of key things to try and improve their lives. So I think that whilst we've, you know, we've been funding research for 50 years, it, it never goes away and we'll continue to, to, to push hard in that area. Now, um, there's, all, there's always some people and some, uh, some individuals who, who suffer more than others and um, one of the really sobering statistics and sad ones, uh, Chris, is that one in five Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have indicators of chronic kidney disease and are almost four times more likely to die from it than the non-Indigenous population. That, um, there are... That's a that's a disturbing uh, a disturbing inequity, isn't it? Look, it is, and it's it's very complex. There's no, you know, often I get asked the question, well, why is that so? And there's no simple answer to that. It can be a whole range of factors, social factors, biological, even down to the health system. Is it meeting the the needs of Indigenous peoples? And so, you know, I've we've we've just completed two years of work where we've gone out and listened to the Indigenous communities across Australia as to their kidney story. And now we're working to uh, take the Bible that we've created, the, the detection and, and um, treatment of kidney disease Bible, and to put a Indigenous overlay over that so that we can get better outcomes. And we've started that work um, this year. And so um, it is unfortunate. I've been up in you know far, far northwest, Western Australia with the communities and, and seen kidney disease firsthand. And it's something that we continue to work hard at. And and the mere fact of the remoteness of uh, the communities in which these people live, um, that must, I, I would guess, pose a challenge in terms of having ready access to the facilities and support that would 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 assist them. Yeah, look, it's it is a, anyone who is in a remote area, access to treatment, access to um, dialysis, for example. Um, in an indigenous community, you want to stay in community if you can. You don't want to leave your lands so connected to their lands and, and I'm very conscious that I don't speak on behalf of Indigenous peoples but um, we, we want to make sure that they get the best opportunities possible and so um, we'll start with guidelines and then we'll, we'll work from there and, and um, um, it, is, it is complex but um, it's important. Now, um, in my research, um, I sort of knew this, but it's, it's, it's wonderful to get the chance to go back and have a look at things and I was just looking at diet, for example, and uh, I love bananas, you know, I don't want to, shouldn't be eating too many bananas. I'm, thankfully, I love cabbage and, uh, and <laughs> cauliflower. <laughs> what is, <laughs> your your organisation has up on its website uh, a range of wonderful bits of information, not just on diet, but uh, another one was that um, it's good to have a drink of a glass of milk before you go to bed. It makes you feel full and you sleep well. Don't drink too much water even though it's good. Um, the, the, the issue of, of, of your diet... Um, could people pay more attention to that, Chris? Look, I think we all could. 
um, just in in general, whether you've got kidney disease or not. Uh, and we're all coming out of lockdown after several months away, and and I'm carrying probably a couple of kilos extra than I would like to. So I'm in the appeal, and I'm running 150 k's this month to get active. But look, it's about it's about the things that we get told as kids every day. And I've got teenage girls, so I'm right in the middle of this. So hey, good luck. You know, <laughs> stay hydrated. You know, can we swap out the sugary soft drink for a bottle of water, um, glass of water? Can we can we just eat so that we're just watching our weight a little bit? And as I started the conversation, you know, watch your blood pressure and don't smoke. These are the things that are going to lead potentially to health detriments. And so they're the things we want to avoid. And in relation to kidney disease, you know, we're very focused on there's 13,000 people, as I said, on dialysis and the same approximate number that have had a kidney transplant. But the vast majority, the 1.5 million who don't know they've got it, they're the ones that we want to get to and detect early. So these are the ones that if we can get to early, we can actually stop talking about kidney failure and start talking about kidney preservation, about stopping progression, about slowing progression, about managing your diets and, and managing your health so that you never end up in kidney failure. And that's, that is such a great outcome both for the person involved their families, but also for our hospital system, taking the pressure off. So, you know, it, it is worthwhile and we should do it. So given that we've all, wherever we are in our lifestyles, and some of them could be better, um, if you've already got some sort of uh, damage to your kidneys, um, is that necessarily the end of the world? No, it's not. And that's what this whole thing is about, about changing that conversation to kidney preservation. Let's get it early. And there are various stages of kidney diseases. They decline over time. If we can detect it early, you're in a high risk group, have a health check, we'll detect it early and then work with your GP, come to us and we can give you information and we can stop or slow progression. And there's even new drugs coming. Um, there's already some old diabetes drugs that have been shown to um, stop or slow progression. And, and, and so and that, that'll come in, in in following months as well. So there are options available to us if we can just get out in front of it and get it early. Uh, time's on the wing. One of the other areas is there's the drugs, there's the research, but obviously this is something I'm sure your organisation must be up to their ears in, Chris, and that is um, you can have all of that information, you can have all of that science around you, but at the end of the day, uh, the psychological support, the emotional support, uh, we're not that good, a lot of us, at doing things on our own, and your organisation fills that space too, doesn't it? Look, I think the uh, what we're what we're finding is that um, particularly in in kids and youth, peer support is so critical. And we run um, an annual camp for kids with kidney disease and their siblings to come along. And what they tell me is they form connections with each other that are life lasting. And and they they're no longer having to explain their illness. They can just talk about it. They form connections. They support each other. And one of the projects we're looking at. It's amazing when kids go from the colourful paediatric world of great care into sometimes into the adult system, within three, within three years, one in three of their transplants fails. So why is that? That's an incredible statistic that we need to address. Um, and so forming connections, giving them support when they need it. It could be on social media. It doesn't have to be face to face. This is so important for future, our future kids and kidney disease. Time's got away from us, Christopher. Just just refresh people again about what's going on this month uh, in 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 the world of kidney health, Australia. 
Yeah, look, so if you go to our website um, at kidney.org.au, you'll see all the information on the Red Sox appeal. There's there's a number of ways you can get involved. You can join the challenge. It's not too late where you can um, raise funds and go for a walk or run or ride. You can actually... Um, buy a pair of red socks as well and just in support of people with kidney disease or if you if you just want to make a donation to someone who is already competing or to kidney health australia we'd be very grateful but it's all there at kidney.org.au terrific and uh, congratulations on the great work you've been doing there chris and your whole team it's always a team effort and uh, uh, let's let's make it a success Look, thanks very much for giving us some airtime today. My team is an incredibly hard working. They're very committed to it. And at the end of the day, we put ourselves out of job. How fantastic would that be? That would be great, Chris. Um, that was Chris Forbes, CEO of Kidney Health Australia. Red Sox Appeal, the uh, Kidney Health Inaugural Appeal going for the month of November. Check their website out. Uh, not just for the appeal, but there's also a lot of other very valuable information there. We'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away. Mm-hmm. 